welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor and welcome to our radio show today, coming to you from northwest Sydney on a cold and wintry day. Yes, winter is here in Sydney. Hunty, how are you going? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. It is a bit cool, starting to stay the season, aren't we? Yes, yes, if you don't know who Hunty is, he's our techie here and our very reluctant, let me tell you, reluctant <laughs> co-host. That's very true. You, you've got a lot of things to do. I do, busy today, yep. Yeah, but you've been going well because your uh, studio here has step-by-step. I can see you through just a tiny gap there, (laughs) Hunty, between two new monitors. That's it. So you better set up this week. Oh, look, we're getting much better set up. Um, I'm very happy now. We, we're almost at the pinnacle. <laughs> how far are you from finished this studio? How many days? If I were to give you time off, how many days? Well, it's not time off, you know, you're working, but <laughs> yes. how many days would you be before you're finished? Oh, pretty... And by the way, you haven't put our little clock on yet, oh, mate. Oh, dear. Strike one. Oh, dear. Strike one. <laughs> okay, now let's go back to that. All right. <laughs> okay, so look, there's a pretty a day's worth of just moving the mess around. A day of lighting, a day to finish the set, so probably a, probably a week. It could be good. Five days. Five days of hard work. That'd be nice. Hey, uh, how did your Easter go? Oh, <laughs> too many chocolate Easter eggs. Thanks for asking. I love it. I'm enjoying <laughs> this so much because this morning we shot a program we're doing on um, our platforms called Project 60, Fat to Fit the Aussie Pasta. And just so our listeners know, am I allowed to brag? Bring away. The last 19 days, this is actually not spectacular, but it's good. We're in the right direction. I lost 4.2 kilos. Is that right, Auntie? Yes, mate, 4.2. Well done. And how did you go over Easter? Yeah, boxes of Easter eggs. Not good. <laughs> but again, thank you for asking. <laughs> and we might return to that a few times during the program today. I see it brings you great pleasure. <laughs> yes, it does. Hey, Hunty, um, yes. uh, what's on today? We have a great program, as usual. We've got um, one of our regulars, Harold Harker. He's got a great story for us. It is a good story. This guy actually is the guy who brought home the Protestant Reformation after Martin Luther died. Yes. This yep. is going to be great. Now, there's a very special segment that uh, Lloyd's leading out in. It's to do with the sheik and Jesus, and it's going to be very, very interesting. Something I found on... Um Social media, YouTube and Facebook, I find it very interesting, Hunty, and I hope you do too. Um, also, yeah, go ask the Aussie pastor. In fact, let me put a quick plug in for that right now. Is there room? Yes. Have you would, got questions? I've got a few, but we'd like a couple. We'd like some more. So yep. please, if you have any question for the Aussie pastor, then please send them to us. You can text them to us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or you can just email them to us theaussiepasta at gmail dot com. This day in history. Yes, please. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. 1506, Pope Julius II laid the first stone of the new St. Peter's Basilica in Vatican City. Wow. 1506. That's a long time ago. Have you been to St. Peter's? I have. Love it's it. the big church. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they started building that in 1506. Can you believe it? That's where I first learnt the whole idea of priceless. Um, I was in there and they've got this huge big alabaster marble, purple marble, that the size of four or five spa baths. And I asked how much it was worth, and they said, well, it's priceless. And I said, how can it be priceless? Just find some more alabaster and carve another one. And they said, this is the largest piece of alabaster ever found on earth. 
So okay. there you go. It's sitting in the front of St. Peter's. I got thrown out of St. Peter's. What did you do? I was wearing shorts. <gasps> Uh, you're oh not allowed dear. to wear shorts in there. No. Uh, I had to go home. In fact, I never made it that day. Oh, um, dear. Had to come back another day. 1775, Paul Revere. Ever heard of him? I have, oh, but remind me, what, what's his deal? A renowned silversmith, better remembered as a folk hero of the American Revolution, who this night, this date, this night, in 1775, made a dramatic ride on horseback to warn Boston area residents of the imminent attack by British troops. And oh, that's yes. gone down in American folklore and legend. This one, 1906, San Francisco, on this day, was rocked by an earthquake caused by slippage along the San Andreas Fault. Guess how many people died? How many? 3,000. Not just from the earthquake, but from the resultant fire. 1930, the British Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC, I love this. (laughs) Stick with me, honey, this is great. In 1930, the British Broadcasting Corporation announced that there is no news in their evening reports. (laughs) 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 I knew you'd laugh at that. <laughs> in 1942, U.S. Lieutenant Colonel James H. Doodle led 16 B-25 bombers on a spectacular surprise attack on Tokyo and other Japanese cities. The Doodle raid, as it became known, caused little damage but boosted our Allied morale. You know what this is all about? The Japanese attack surprised Pearl Harbor 1941. So on this day in 1942, not so long after Pearl Harbor, the Americans attacked Tokyo with 16 bombers just to prove that Tokyo was not resistant against their attacks. Mm. Guess how many planes made it back to the aircraft carriers? How many? Zilch. Only three people died, though. They actually, when they took off, the aircraft carriers were so far away from Japan and Tokyo, they never had enough fuel to get back. So they kind of, you know, hopped across the ditch to China. And most of them ended up in China and returned to the Allies. Good story, that one. Hmm. Um, another one that's similar, 1943, Operation Vengeance. Admiral Isoruko Yamamoto is killed when his aircraft is shot down by the US fighters over Bougainville Island on this day, 1943. Why is that so important? Because Isoroku Yamamoto was the admiral who led the attack on Pearl Harbor. Hmm. And the Americans were after him, and they got him on this day in 1943. So he only lasted two and a half years after that before the Americans got him. Um, And a big one for some of my friends, 1980, on this day. April, do you know what the date is, Hunty? Uh, April 18th. 18th, April 18, 1980. Would you believe it? Zimbabwe gained their independence from England and became an independent nation. Nice. So if you're a Zimbabwean and you're listening to our program today, happy Zimbabwean National Independence Day. Day. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Um, a few birthdays. Yep. I think you'll know a few of them. Courtney Kardashian. Nope. Oh, Kardashian. How do you say her name? Kardashian. That shows you how much I watch that stuff. She turns 43. Wow, that's that's a hundred in Kardashian years. What about this guy, Conan O'Brien? Oh yeah, I like Conan O'Brien. Who's he? What a talented comedian, writer. He was one of the first writers that started writing The Simpsons. What a great cartoon! Oh, Hunter, you're <laughs> stepping way out of line again here. I was, oh, yeah, okay. I'm not going to say anything on that. He turned fifty nine. I knew I shouldn't have went there. Suri Cruz, Siri, yeah, Suri. Oh, Suri. No, don't know Suri. Tom Cruise's daughter. Okay. She turned 16. I think he hasn't seen her like for eight or ten years or some oh, terrible amount of time. That's sad. And deaths, Albert Einstein died on this day, April 18, 
he was 76 years of age, hmm. and A.G. Daniels died. Now, who's he? He's, um, I think he's famous, isn't he, at the start of our church? I think so. Seventh well done. Church. Now, look, I actually didn't write down when Albert Einstein died. I'm going to have to work that out. I'm going to come back to you on that. But A.G. Daniels died in 1935. He's a very famous Adventist pioneer. That's April 18. We're glad you're here. Welcome, Hunter. You going to say a prayer, please? I mate? will. Okay, it's, um, let's talk to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come humbly before you this afternoon seeking your blessing. But most of all, we ask for your blessing, Lord, on our listeners. Please wrap them in your loving arms and surround them and give them peace. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with each and every one of them and grant each and every one of them their heart's desires, Lord. Uh, I pray for my mate Lloyd. I pray that this program will bring people closer to you. In your precious name, Jesus, I ask. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This is Casting Crowns with a good song called Nobody. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery All my life I've been told I belong At the end of the line Will all the other not quite Will all the never get it right But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time Cause I'm just a nobody We're trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose So when I hear that devil start talking to me Saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a nobody
nobody but Jesus. I feel like that song's me, hunty. Yeah. Nobody. Me too. Talking about somebody. Um, talking about Jesus. I actually like to be nobody when it comes to Jesus Christ. One of the, one of the prayers I pray every week when I go into church, especially when I'm preaching, and I do pray this seriously. I say, Lord Jesus, as I preach now, may I become nothing. And you everything because he is the star. He's the one we're trying to push forward as the answer for Australia, mm. and he really is. He is fabulous. He um, he gives when when you give your heart to Jesus, you decide to follow him. He gives you everything. I wish every single Australian could stop and just contemplate that for one minute. What has Jesus got to offer me? Our whole culture kind of anti even looking at Jesus. Mm. And I wish I'd just stop and have a look at how what he offers and how how different and how how wonderful and how beautiful and how fabulous life can be with Jesus. Nobody talking about somebody. Hey, by the way, do you know when Albert Einstein died? 1955, hunty. Okay. Yep. Before you or I were here, he was yes, gone. Yes. Um, some news stories. Gary, Gary Ablett is suing the AFL. Do you know who he is? Yeah, he's, um, he's a famous AFL player, isn't he? Yeah, very famous from our era. He, he's around our age. He has, listen to this, he has chronic traumatic, and I can't say this word, encephalopathy. They call it CTE. It's a brain condition thought to be linked to repeated head injuries and blows to the head. And you know why he's suing the AFL? Um, I can only imagine it's because he should have been better protected. Well... More than that, he went to them. Apparently, there's some fund that is used to help players with medical conditions after they retire. And he went to them for help, and they wouldn't give it to him. Uh, that's not on. No. And and this disease, CTE, is awful. It actually eventually leads to dementia mm. and death. Mm. Um, it's been a real big problem with American football. Uh, more and more it's coming out where ex-players, because the game's so rough. I mean, I used to play rugby league, never, never even close to the level these guys play. But I've been knocked senseless many times. I remember I went to make a tackle on one guy. Maybe I'll get CT. I doubt it. I doubt it. I didn't play enough. But um, I remember getting knocked absolutely senseless one time, Hunty. Went mm. to tackle a big bloke, went low, his knee hit me in mm. the head. I got up. I had stars. I didn't know where I was for a while. I was dizzy. Wow. Have, you, have you ever had that happen in a footy no, game? No, thankfully you not. You were the one doing it to the others. I, I had someone land on me and stick all my teeth right through the bottom of my um, face. In fact, I dare to say who that was, Nick, if you're listening. <laughs> I bet you that's... Oh, I won't say his last yeah, name. He's our friend. Our Nick. He's our friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's a real threat to contact sports, this CTE. It's hitting rugby league, it's hitting rugby union, it's hitting the NFL. Uh, if it's a contact sport, it's even in football, soccer. Did you know that, Hunty? How do you think How you get you? CTE from soccer? I guess hitting the ball, I it's suppose. It's exactly right. Right. You know, and you look at the way they head the ball. Oh. They hit it hard with their heads, mate. They can hit it harder than I can kick it. Yeah, I... I <laughs> well, that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> can you Can you still kick a, a, a soccer ball? It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's a threat. To, to football and if you watch football you'll notice that the rugby league and the rugby union here in Australia and the AFL they've cracked down on anything they might see as foul play around the head and they've also brought in new rules you know so that the tackles are avoiding the head so you're not allowed to do a shoulder charge in rugby league anymore often because it, mm. it impacts the head yep 
Yep. Um, you've got to tackle. Tackles. You've got yep. to tackle. Well, you haven't been ever able to do that, but you've got to wave it a lot more in the old days than you would now. You get sent off now. Yep. You'll get ten minutes in the bin in rugby league, or you'll be sent off um, for good. Um, and get six weeks, you know, out of the game yep. as a penalty. In rugby league, you've got to tackle with both hands, or it's a penalty. So they are trying to clean it up, but I do wonder where it'll where it'll take. Where, where, what future these contact sports have. Um, the second news story today, Melbourne is now bigger than Sydney. Wow, that, that, must, that must hurt Sydney, boy. What have you got to say about that? Melbourne is now officially bigger than Sydney, the biggest city in Australia. Melbournians, God bless you. Congratulations. You're number one. Now, I can say that because I'm from Brisbane. It doesn't matter. <laughs> now, hang on. Just a cotton-picking minute. <laughs> I looked into this, and Melbourne has decided to stretch its boundary out to Melton. Now, Melton is 50 kilometres from the CBD. Now, you better be careful when you say this because we've got a lot of Melbourne listeners. Well, I love our Melbourne listeners, and I love Melbourne. It's one of my favourite cities. But Melton is 50 k's from the CBD of Melbourne. So I guess we could include Katoomba, Gosford maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'd be glad to know that the same article says, Hunty, that the greatest Sydney region is still the largest in Australia. So rest easy. Fact is, if they all knew, they'd be headed north to Queensland anyway, man, both for Melbourne and the, the Sydney. In fact, Queensland's already been in, inundated from you mob down south. True I'm day. one of the few guys that's gone the other way. <laughs> one, uh, of the, one of the wise. Yeah, well, okay. Been trying to get back to Brisbane ever since. No one offered me a job, just can't get up there, hunty. <laughs> I'm stuck here in Sydney. Um, this last one, I, I don't really get it, and I'm a builder. Um, apparently they're now building houses and they're printed... 3D printed. 3D printed. How would you 3D print a house, auntie? I know you know the answer to this. (laughs) So those of you who are familiar with um, a little tiny 3D printer that you might print a chess piece or, you know, some little knick-knack for your house or for a Game of Thrones piece for something, they actually have full, large, industrial-sized printers that instead of having a head that drips plastic to create and build a 3D piece, they actually pump out a mixture of concrete and plastic. And so this massive machine runs around... It's like a big printer, is it? It's a huge big printer on the end of a robotic-controlled arm, and it literally just keeps running round and round, getting higher and higher and higher until you've got a printed house. It's very good. So it doesn't just print the walls and you put the walls together? No, you take it out to the job site. Come on. Yeah, I promise. I get some video, show some video of it printing a house. It's pretty cool. So that, this machine goes out and builds, what, just the external walls or all the walls? All the walls. And the roof. I haven't seen it print the roof, but I've seen it all the walls. Apparently to print a three-bedroom house in the United States of America at the moment costs about 220000 US dollars, which is probably... Hey, hey, that's cheaper than you can build a house here in Australia, three-bedroom with an ensuite. Yeah, what are we up to, six, 800000 Oh, now? I don't know. Mm. It's it's a worry mm. the, the way houses are going through the roof. Do you think this is a wave of the future? Are we gonna three D print everything? I mean, can you three D print a car? You can three D print most parts for cars now because they got three D printers that'll print metal. So a lot of people are making replacement parts with their three D printers that prints metal. Yes, come on, true, true that. Wow. True so the, so the mm. so the future of 3D printing is big or is it's it yet big. to be seen? Big big big. 
Oh, wow. I can't believe it. I suppose when you see these things happening, you know, um, kind of the Bible does say, doesn't it? It that does. Technology will advance and go crazy yep. at the end of time. Yep. Well, you can look up. Because when you look up and you see all these things happening, what does it tell you, Hunty? Jesus yep. is coming, and he's coming soon. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I know you like that first song, Nobody. <laughs> I do. It's a good song. It's one of your songs, isn't it, Hunty? It's a great song. Well, this one's one of mine. And I've played it a lot since we've come back this year. <laughs> I'm allowed. To, am I allowed to repeat songs? Is that all right? You can play whatever song you like as many times as you like. Okay. This is God's Amazing Grace by the Lindsays. And you know why I like it? Why is that? Because I'm a man who needs grace. Me too.
Ahanti. It's still amazing me too, man. God's amazing grace. This, I, I, I like to say this every week so our listeners hear it and get it. You are saved. If you choose Jesus to be your saviour, you are saved by Jesus, by Jesus alone and nothing else. You say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. You'll take your sins to the cross. You stand before God as perfect in Jesus' sinlessness, yep. and you're on your way to the kingdom of heaven and eternity. Absolutely. And that sometimes in this earth, things can kind of get so busy and we get so sucked up with life, we forget the reality that Jesus saves us and that heaven is coming. Mm. It's a reality. Here I am. This is my testimony, mate. I'm a normal Aussie bloke. Yep. And I'm sitting here and I'm telling you the reality of Jesus and his second coming and a life where we will live for eternity without death and sorrow and hardship and heartache, that's a reality. It's as big a fact as your Sydney Harbour Bridge in this city of yours, hunty. Absolutely. It's a reality. It's going to happen and it's going to be soon. Yep. Hey, I did a thing the other day with you, my friend. On our platforms, and I called it the Sheik and Jesus. Yep, I remember. Yeah, and I wanted to share this on our radio program. So if you watch our Facebook or our YouTube or any of our other platforms, Hope Channel, um, I shouldn't apologise. No, no, it's such a great message. Yeah, because I enjoy this myself. Yeah. I enjoy this myself. I'm a great, great, great lover of... Well, let me see whether you've been listening the last 12 months, Hunty. Okay. What is my uh, social media platform of choice? You like YouTube because you are a crazy, fanatical YouTuber. Do I like Facebook? Yeah, not so much. <laughs> Instagram? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, if you go on my Instagram po- po- page, it's very sad. Crickets? Ghost down? <laughs> Facebook? Uh, if it wasn't for... The fact that I can share Jesus on Facebook, I'd have nothing to do with it. Okay. Because they they have ticked me off through the years. I love Facebook. Do you? Oh, all my hobbies, all my interests, there's pages there. That got oh, see, that's why I'm on YouTube, because all my interests, other than Jesus, I pretty much only have one real big interest. You know what that is, don't you? I do. Sailing, right? Yeah, it is. It's sailing. Well, <laughs> I, I like Facebook because I can actually interact with people and ask questions. Okay. Um, yeah, so if I need technical help on something, I can post up a, a picture and a question, and I get answers. Maybe the problem I have with Facebook is <laughs> too much of the interaction <laughs> on Facebook I have is people being hostile to me because of the gospel. That's it. Oh, man, I don't know. Um, on YouTube and Facebook, because I watch both fairly carefully, um, I've noticed that there's a whole lot of these um, imams. Is that what you call them? Yeah, imams. Mullahs. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, sheiks, yep. um, Muslim preachers, and they're out there, and they're doing what we've been doing for a while, Hunty. And God bless them, and good on them. Yep. They're they're having a go at sharing their faith here in Australia to a secular community, which is not easy. Now, the reason I decided to confront this issue with my Islamic brothers is because I think that's what happening is not exactly as it should be, Hunty. Mm. And it's like this. They're going on Facebook and YouTube. They've got these little... You know what a reel is, don't you, Hunty? Yeah, it's a little 60-second um, video highlight. Uh, what do they call it on YouTube? It's got another name, hasn't it? Yeah, is they call it? it Shorts. Shorts. So on reels and shorts, we only get one minute. And Hunty and I are just starting to get into these ourselves. And actually, they're hard true, to put true. together. They're not so easy to do. Be sharp. We, we did a reel yesterday. How long did that take us? I think it was over 100 takes. Oh, come on. 50? <laughs> what, 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 you're, you're joking, aren't you, when you say 100? Please. 
<laughs> I was. You edited it. I was. You edited it. Yeah, luckily well, I went to the last take because that was the good one. Oh, uh, so. was it two or three hours for for a one minute? Yeah, it was a couple of hours for, really? for one minute. Yeah, oh, that's because I'm a little bit slow. No, you're not slow. Some things. We were jamming. You were jamming in dates, times, places, numbers. Yeah. There's a lot of facts. Yeah. And yeah. in sixty seconds, I thought you did great. Is that real out yet? Uh, the people that are putting it out for us will probably be putting it out today. Okay. Anyway, these Muslim um, imams. Preachers and teachers are putting these reels out, and this is what they're saying. The Bible, okay, I want you to hear this, hunty. Yep. They're saying the Bible says and Jesus says. So they're saying two things. Yep. The Bible says and Jesus says that Jesus is not God and Jesus does not want worship. Now they're saying that the Bible says that. So they're saying the Bible says Jesus yep. is not God and Jesus does not worship. And they're saying the Bible says that uh uh, uh well I think I'm repeating myself, aren't I? I've got a, no, I've no, got a no, clip. no, they're saying let me let me mm. let me come and they're saying so let me start again. I'm getting clogged up. They're saying the Bible says that Jesus does not want worship and is not God. And then they're saying in the Bible Jesus himself says he does not want yep. worship, and he doesn't claim divinity. In fact, they're saying that he was just a prophet like Muhammad. Now, so you're going to say, "Sorry, hunty, I'm." No, no, I was going to say, "You've got a video clip that'll." Exactly oh, in, in, a, in, in a minute, in sure. a minute, yeah. So I'm looking at this, and I'm going, I don't think that's right. Now, if I was in the Quran, and I haven't studied the Quran much, I don't know the Quran much. I know it a little bit. I did a degree in religion. So I did study the Quran and other holy books. So I know it a little bit. I know there's some stuff in the Quran I agree with. There's, there's some stuff, maybe a lot of stuff, I don't agree with. That's why I'm a, a, a Christian. Uh, but I do know that if I'm quoting the Quran, Hunty, yep. I want to be accurate. Yep. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Now, I think whether you're, whether you're a Christian preacher and teacher like I am, or whether you're a Muslim imam like these guys are, and you're going to quote the Bible and you're going to say Jesus says things from the Bible, then you need to be accurate. Okay? Yep. Now, before we go any further, i got an example here of one of these reels, Hunty. Yep. And perhaps you can look at the name of the guy and tell us who it is after it. Let's go, because <laughs> okay. I've forgotten. All right. Let's go. Jesus, peace and blessings be upon him, himself referenced that there is only one true God. Jesus in the Bible himself says, so this is eternal life that you may get to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. In the Bible, according to Christians, and you can look up the verse, that is very explicit to me that Jesus is not God. The, the one being sent is not the sender. Exactly. This, this is like saying as a testimony of faith of the Muslims that we bear witness that there is only one Worthy of worship, the only God worthy of worship is Allah, and the prophet of the time, you would pay testimony that he is a prophet sent by God. As today we would say, the prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, was a servant and messenger of God. And if me and you were in the time of Jesus, we would follow Jesus as the prophet of that time. That was the Muslims of that time. Okay, Hunty, I, yes. I, I understand Muslims believe in that, and I respect that. I, I respect well, hang on, just, just for the dummies amongst us, so what was he saying? Was he saying that Jesus was only a prophet and not a god? Well, he was saying pretty much what I said he was saying before, <laughs> the, before the video. Basically saying Jesus is a prophet yep. like Muhammad. Yep. Jesus was a prophet for his time yep. like Muhammad is a prophet Got it. for today. Got it. And if we'd had been alive in Jesus' day, we wouldn't have followed him as God. 
or the Messiah, we would have followed him as a prophet, just like today Muslims follow Muhammad as a prophet. But there's only one true God, and that is Allah. And Jesus is not God, and Jesus does not get worship. So you with it? Got it. Yep. Now that's we'll all over. That's not just from this guy. Did you get his name, by the way? Ah, uh, sorry, no. no. <laughs> we'll try and work that yep. out pretty soon, and get back to you on that in case you want to look it up for yourself. Anyway, is that what the Bible says? Because I'm going to say right from the outset, it's not. Now, in all respect, I'm going to say this respectfully again. I think it's important when you're talking into religion to be respectful, Hunty. Of course. So I am respectful yep. of my Islamic brothers and sisters. But on this, they're wrong. The Bible says Jesus is God. The Bible says Jesus deserves worship. Jesus in the Bible says he's God. Jesus in the Bible says that he is deserving of or accepts worship. Okay? Yep. I'm going to prove it. Yep. You ready? Yep. Let's look at some Bible texts. Okay. So this is the Bible that they say Jesus is just a, a prophet and not God. That's not what the Bible says, my friends. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 and 4. Have you got that, Hunter? I've got it, yep. Yeah, what are you reading from today? What version? Um, I've got uh, NLT. Okay, mate. Let's hear this. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You got verse 4 there? That was verse 4. You want verse 5? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So basically this is saying there's only one God and only worship him. So we're still together with our Muslim friends, aren't we? Because they claim one God, worship him. I'm here today saying one God, worship him. Who is that God? Revelation chapter 22, verse 8 and 9. I want you to go to the end of the Bible here, hunty, because this is going to back up what that first commandment. And by the way, that's the first of Ten Commandments that you just read then, hunty. Cool. Do you know the Ten Commandments? Yeah, pretty much. Could you recite them now? No. no I know you can, though. Uh, yeah, I can. I wouldn't want to try. Shall I try yeah, go on radio? Give, give, oh, no. I know you know them pretty much. I'm going to have a go. Shall, okay. shall I leap out there and have a go? I'm gonna, hang on, let me call them up first because <laughs> I want to I wanna make sure. Um, uh, let's not waste time. Okay. <laughs> I can do it. I can I, do it. I've seen you do um, it before. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. I just, I just want to stay on song here today. Okay. Um, this is the this is the last book of the Bible. This is John. He he was about sixteen when he started following Jesus. He ends up on the island of Patmos. Okay, um, somewhere we might go later this year with a bit of luck, Hunty. Very cool. Well, with God's blessing, yep. not luck. Um, and on this island, he has a vision, and he writes the vision down. Ends up being the Book of Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible. Now, as he's having this vision, toward the end of the vision, this happens. I want you to read it, mate. Yep, John. Chapter Revelation, so Revelation chapter 22, 22 yep. verse 8 and 9. Got it. Okay. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. Okay. Mm. Keep going. Okay. Are you having trouble with your Bible no, there, mate? It's moving it, now. It's <laughs> but he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what it is written in this book. Can, worship only God. So you can you see your Bible there? It's on a screen. 
Okay, so you are seeing it okay. Well, am I, am I reading it wrong? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, just, yeah, no, fine. fine. Um, here's John the Revelator. He sees an angel who's given him this message of the book of Revelation. He's so overcome the angels, big and powerful and bright and glorious and like nothing he's ever seen, he falls down on his knees to worship the angel. And the angel says, hey, stop, I am created just like you. I might be more powerful than you. I might be more glorious than you. I'm, I'm perfect and you're not, but I am created. I am not God. So when John falls on his knees to worship this angel, the angel says, get up, get up, get up. I'm just a fellow worker for Jesus, for God. I'm just a fellow worker. Okay, you with me, hunty? I'm with you. So the first commandment says we are not to worship any other God but God. Okay? Yep. Then we've got the story where John falls down before this glorious otherworldly being, an angel, to worship me. And the angel says, get up, don't worship me. So that backs up what that first commandment says. In the entire universe, not just on this world, but on the entire universe, all the beings that are created, that have ever lived, that have ever existed, worship nobody but God, including on this planet. Okay, watch this. John chapter 20, verse 26 to 29. Jesus has come to earth 2,000 years ago. He's uh, died for our sins. He's been resurrected. There's a disciple called Thomas who does not believe that Jesus has been resurrected. This is what happens. John chapter 20, verse 26 to 29. Read the story straight through, Hunter. Got it. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained, exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Oh, 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 I put myself on mute because I was coughing. That's good. Hey, this is incredible. It is. So the angel tells John to get up, don't worship me because I'm just an angel, I'm a fellow worker for God. But Jesus, here's Thomas, hasn't seen Jesus after the crucifixion. Jesus has been resurrected. He turns up, just appears in this room. Thomas is there. Jesus says, Thomas, you doubter, come over here, feel the scars in my hands. Look at the scars in my feet, in my side here. You can put your hand in it if you want and touch it. So Thomas is overwhelmed. He falls on his knees. What does he say, hunty? My my Lord and my God. God. Yep. So he exclaims, my Lord and my God, to Jesus. Now, if I said that to you, what would you say, hunty? Yeah. What would you say? Well, that's don't good. Exactly. Yeah, don't do that. Mm. Don't say that. Mm. Thomas says that. What does Jesus say? I want you to read that verse 29 again, hunty, if you've got it there, yeah, mate. Yeah, got it. What yep. does Jesus say when Thomas cries out to him, my Lord and my God? Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. You believe what? That this is Jesus, Jesus real. Lord mm-hmm. and God. Blessed are those who believe that. And have not seen me. So here you've got Jesus openly accepting worship and openly accepting from Thomas the claim that he is Lord and God. Does that make sense, Hunty? It does, absolutely. Well, we're going to have a song after this sting, mate. I'm (laughs) just giving you a little. (laughs) We're going to have a song after this sting and we're going to come back to the second part of this Bible study a little bit further into this program. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. 
I'll tell you why it's important to believe that Jesus is God. Because when you get into bad times, hard times, he's going to come and he's going to help you as only God can. And this song that I've chosen now from the Dunaways, it's called Didn't I Walk on Water? It goes back to a story where the disciples of Jesus 2,000 years ago got caught on the Lake of Galilee. Remember when we went there, Andrew Hunt? Good times. It was, wasn't it? Yep. Not a real big lake, but the wind whistles down off the Golan Heights onto that lake, and it just gets up. The waves, we didn't see it. It was glassy when yeah, we were there. Smooth as. Oh, man. You could, oh, it, was, it, it was so smooth you could hardly believe they ever stormed. But apparently the storms to this day are really vicious on that lake. They get caught in the boat. They think the boat's going to sink, and Jesus comes walking because he wasn't in the boat with them. He'd stayed on shore, gone up into the mountains to talk to his father, God. Jesus comes down to the lake. He walks out on the lake to the disciples. They think they're going to sink, and Jesus comes to them walking on the water. And this song's just saying, hey, if you get into trouble, just as Jesus walked on the water to save the disciples 2,000 years ago, he's still walking on the water today to save you. In the middle of the night I'm praying for assurance Everything's gonna be alright And Lord, I see another battle It's out in front of me I'm afraid I won't be able And I'll go down in defeat And He said do you remember where I brought you from? Just take a look behind you at how far you've come. Oh, and every time you ask me, didn't I deliver you? So why would you be thinking that I wouldn't see it through? My bills are coming due, Lord And six days is not that long She hears a voice so soft and low He says, I've moved like that before And I'll do this little thing Oh, and I'll give you so much love Didn't I walk on the water And I calm the raging sea Oh, and I gave you peace Didn't I 
beautiful song. Mm, really enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Didn't I walk on the water? And many times in my life, Jesus has walked on the water to get me and to save me and to care for me, and I love him for it too. Mm. Um, Harold, are you online? Hi there, Lloyd. Yes, I can hear you. How are you going up there in the hot north at Cairns? It's not too bad today. It'll get a little bit cooler as the year goes on. So it's still hot up there, eh? Oh, it's over 30. <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> over 30 in Sydney today. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty cold, that's for sure. Um, we've got a good story today. A guy called Martin... It's a fantastic one. I think, uh, is it Kemintz or Shemintz? How, how do you say his last name? Mnitz, I think. Oh. Mnitz. Mnitz. So the CH is completely silent. No, Kem. Kem. Oh, Kem, Kemintz. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is an interesting fella. Again, a guy I never knew much about, but when I read his story that you sent through to me, I found it fascinating, and it just shows how God lit the Protestant Reformation through Martin Luther, but he certainly made sure it didn't go out. Where and when was Martin Kemnitz born? He was born in Brandenburg, which was Germany, in November 1522. So, and it's interesting to me, Lloyd, that when the Bible had not been circulated, we get a whole lot of, of guys and men who wanted to read the Bible and study it. And this was a great guy in that area. Okay, so he's born. So just tell us where he was born again. In Brandenburg, Germany, 1522. So Luther would have been about. 39 or 40 when he was born. Do you know where that is in Germany? Have you been there? Um, or, or we haven't? It's, a, it's a big area of Germany, Brandenburg, in the central part, yeah. Not so far from where Martin Luther was at, is that correct? No, that, that's true. Yeah. Because uh, he, he went to school not far from Wittenberg. Okay. Well, what sort of childhood did he have? Well, his father was a merchant. So he would have been in the upper class, mm -hmm. and he was the last of three kids. So it was a good family and a well-to-do family. That's a fairly small family for that day and age too, isn't it, three kids? It was, yes. Yeah. Uh, what traumatic event happened, and it would have been awful, very traumatic, when he was only 11? Well, when he was 11, his father dies. So he's left without a father. It would wreck the family. The income would be gone, and uh, it would have been a, a massive event in his life. So he loses his dad. Did that stunt his education, or was he still well-educated? No, he got well-educated. He matriculated, so he, he got ready for university at Magdeburg, which isn't far uh, west of Wittenberg. It amazes and me. Then, yep, go on, sorry. And then as he uh, finished that, uh, he didn't get into university straight away, but he became a weaver's apprentice. So he went into the clothing trade and worked in that for a few years too. So he was a worker as well as a guy who was well-educated. It, it actually amazes me how well-educated they were back then. I mean, you're talking about matriculation, you're talking about going to university. This guy takes some time out, he becomes an apprentice, which is not a bad thing, is it? To be an apprentice, you know, he gets, to... He gets to know what the world's like. Yeah, that's right. But when he's 20 years of age, what does he do? 
Well, he decides to go back to university and complete his education. And so at 20 years of age, he went across to the University of Frankfurt, which was quite a way in the west of of, uh, of Germany. Okay, okay. So this guy really is well-educated. He, he's he's yeah. as good as anyone in his day. It seems to me that after his father died, the family must have still had a little bit of money. Um or else he wouldn't have been able to do what he did. What great reformer did he get the privilege of studying under and how I wish I'd had this privilege? Well, in 1545, he would have been 23. He went with his cousin to Wittenberg, which is where Martin Luther was, and Philip Melanchthon, the two great uh, Lutheran reformers, and he studied there under them. Yeah, yeah. In those days, if you'd gone like he did... To study under Martin Luther, would he have known Luther personally or would it have been more of a, a distance thing? How would that have worked? Would he have known? You know, you say he sat in his, um, in his classes, is that correct? Yes, he did. And he would have known him personally and there would have been interaction between the two of them. Okay. Um, how did he react to the Protestant gospel that Luther had discovered and was preaching and teaching? Well, as he studied it, he believed it, he accepted it, and he really became a uh, full bottle on the difference between the law and the gospel and how you were saved. So he became a Protestant, simple as that. He did. A strong Lutheran, yes. Yeah, okay, so after Martin Luther dies, where did he go and what did he become? Well, he went over to another university in Konigsberg and he was there for a couple of years uh, after Luther died. And what did that give, that university, what did that give him access to? Well, he then became the court librarian for the Duke Albert of Prussia and he had the greatest libraries of Europe at his disposal and he made certain he could now study and he made the scriptures his high point of study. What encouraged him to be such a deep studier of the Bible? Well, I believe he just found what Jesus meant and and searched it more and more. And in fact, he began to read the Bible in the original languages, was the Bi- know, Hebrew and Greek. Was the Bible in those days translated into the German or still they were reading well, it? Well, Luther, Luther translated the New Testament first into German, yep. and so it really wasn't available in the local language, but in the universities they could have had the Greek and the Hebrew. Okay. So he got access not just through German's Luther's, uh, Luther's German translations, he got access to the whole Bible with his knowledge of Greek and Hebrew and Latin. I, well, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Um, what did he find as he studied it? Well, he found there... He was finding the answers to all the theological questions that were being brought up, not only from Luther, but those who opposed him, and he could read it from the Bible and find the right answer, and it just gave him a fantastic background in the Bible and what it taught. So this is a, he's really a student of the Bible, another one. That's right. Now, you mentioned Melanchthon, friend and colleague of Luther's. Who is he? Uh, Melanchthon, he came after Luther. He was another guy from Wittenberg and who also taught in the university. He was a colleague of Luther. And so they were another one in this 
University of Wittenberg, and he really became a good friend and even a guest of Melanchthon there until he was asked to join the faculty and he became a lecturer in that university in Wittenberg. So it was Melanchthon that gave him that opportunity? Yes, it was. Luther had passed on and Melanchthon probably would have been in charge and he invited him there to that. When you look at Martin Kaminsky's life, he really did hang around some big hitters in the Protestant Reformation, didn't he? And he became a big hitter as well. Yeah. Himself. So, well, you say he's studying, he's reading, he's in the, he's, he's been in the presence and the influence of Martin Luther and now Melanchthon. Um, what was he able to consolidate? Well, he he put all the Lutheran thoughts that Martin Luther had had and, mm-hmm. and Melanchthon and Andreas and the other guys, and he sort of put them together. He was one who consolidated the theology into what could be seen as this is where it all is. So in some ways, can you look at this guy and say he is a founder of the Lutheran Church? Well, he followed Luther and he consolidated all the work that Luther had started and did. He then brought it together. So without him, it would have been very hard for the Protestant Reformation and at least that area of the world to have continued. Well, he was certainly one who made it continue and and brought the Bible down to us today. Well, he joins the ministry and he's ordained. When did that happen? 1554, Bugenhagen, who was John Bugenhagen, he ordained him to the ministry, so he's now a recognised pastor in that church. Okay. Um, What other things did he do in his life that was significant? Well, he became the ecclesiastical superintendent for a whole duchy over there and then assisted the prince to establish another university. So this guy's an academic, but he's right with the scripture. When did he die? And if you... Yeah, go on, go on. Well, if you really... So one more thing. He really uh, put a, a work together, he wrote about the Council of Trent, and he knocked all its provisions. He was right against what they were trying to do. So he was a a fine proponent of the Reformation. When did he die? How did he die? Well, I don't know how he died, but he died in 1586, so he would have been then about 64 or something. So it wasn't that old in our age, but for his time, it would have been pretty well the end. Yeah, you could say, we don't know for sure, but probably, you know, you're getting close to dying of old age in that time at 64. Right. As, as, as difficult as it might be for us to see, he'd lived a long, fulfilling, rich life for, for the times he lived in. He did. Is he remembered or is he forgotten? No. Well, his works are there and he's seen as the second Martin. What Martin Luther starts, he continues and consolidates. So he was a great Bible student and a great figure of the Reformation. Is that what he's remembered for? And his works, particularly if you're talking about the faith and the gospel and works, he was one who really said it's by faith and not by works. So when you look at his life, and I know you've you've studied his life, you know a little bit about it, what lessons for the 21st century can we learn from him? Well, when the Bible was not well known, here is a great guy that brings to the fore 
all the messages from the Bible about salvation. We live in a time when the Bible's freely available and we don't have the great stars mm. that say the Bible's everything. Mm. We should remember him as one who promoted the Bible and found the answers to life and the future and how we're saved. Another one of these guys, when we get to heaven, Harold, who's going to be very, very interesting to talk to, very interesting life, and we have a lot to thank him for. Thank you, Harold, uh, for joining us again today with the story of Martin Kaminitz. hope I said that right. God bless you, brother. God bless all the best. Thank you. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Okay, Hunty, good story about another good man. Boy, Harold finds a lot of them. They just come out of the woodwork, these guys, and their stories and the wonderful things they've done in life for the Lord Jesus. Hey, um, how are we going for questions? Are there any? Is there room? Have we got any room, or is it um, too late? Let me see. Let me quick look. No, look, it's there's still time. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to send us in a question, you can text them to us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or you can send to us via email, and the email address is theaussiepastor at gmail dot com. Okay, thank you, Auntie. <laughs> I think it might be time for us to listen to another song. What do you reckon? Yes. You ready? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking. I'm, I'm very careful because he's, it's like this new studio. It's like driving a brand new 747 jumbo jet or a. No, we keep, we keep adding new technology. So each week it's a new day for me. Yeah. You do. Uh, hopefully in a few weeks time I can settle in. Well, I reckon this has been probably the best run we've had so far. Oh, you just, you just dropped it on us now. <laughs> <laughs> this song sometimes it takes a mountain from CT, CT and Becky Towns. A beautiful song. Let's see what you think of it. Faced a mountain that I've never faced before. That's why I'm calling on you, Lord. I know it's been a while, so Lord, please hear my prayer. I need you now, like I never have before. Sometimes it takes a mountain Sometimes a troubled sea Sometimes it takes a desert To get a hold of me So much stronger Than whatever troubles me Sometimes it takes a mountain To trust you and believe Forgive me, Jesus, 
I thought I could control Whatever life would throw my way But this, I will admit Has brought me to my knees I need you, Lord And I'm not ashamed to say about sometimes in life how when the bad times come it um, will help you to cling closer to Jesus and your faith will increase and you'll, you'll believe more. Um, yeah. Counter, bro. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just remind yes. <laughs> our counter. I'm helping you drive this ship, bro. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, it's a big thing too. You know, when hard times come and you go to Jesus and when Jesus gets you through it, it does make you stronger, doesn't it? It does. I got a friend in the United States of America. He's a pastor, and he was sharing online this week how he's just lost his son to leukemia, and that's very. I've never lost a child, and I would imagine that that would be a very, very, very difficult and awful experience to go through. 
and you go through those experiences, um, you learn to trust Jesus. You know, I was talking to my neighbour the other day, Hunty, mm-hmm. out at the farm. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And he come across, and we talked for about an hour, which was good because I was working, and it gave me a chance to have a break. <laughs> you know me in physical work. I'm not what I used to be. Nice. He comes across, and, and he, he, he tells me um, that he's an atheist. Okay. I go, yeah, oh, okay. You know, lots of people do say that to me. Yep. Even when I'm a pastor, they seem to like telling me they're, they're atheists. I said, so you don't believe in God? He said, no. He said, I don't know how you can. God's not there. Um, God doesn't communicate. God's not around. Um, I don't believe I'm an atheist. And I said, well, how do you get through the hard times? He said, oh, I just shoulder through them. It's difficult. I do it on my own. And I said, well, two things. I said, you can be an atheist. The first thing I'll tell you, and I'll be open with you, and I'm open with our listeners here. God is a crutch for me. Do you know that, Hunty? Mm-hmm. He carries me through the hard times. He carries me through the difficult times. He gets me through. And I don't know how people get through difficulties and challenges in life without God. I would not know how you could do that because God truly is a crutch and carries me through the hard times, but when he carries me through them and I look back on them, I get more faith in him. Does that make sense, Andrew? Yeah. I actually get more faith in him by going through the hard times and then coming out of them and looking back and go, oh, wow. You know what else I said to my neighbor, and I'll say it to you. If you're an atheist, you've stumbled across this radio station right now, yep. and you're going, oh, this is just another God thing. All right, I get that. Yep. But why don't you put God to the test? I say this to people everywhere yep. who claim that God doesn't exist. I go, okay, well, why don't you go and tell him, ask him, say, God, here I am. If you exist, show yourself to me. Yep. That's a simple one. Show yourself to me, and if you exist, God, well, then I'll follow you. If you don't, well, then that's okay. I was right in the first place. I say that to you out there in Radio Land right now. If you think God doesn't exist, fair enough, go to him. Say, God, what, what, what do you lose? If you're not talking to anybody, you're just talking to the air, no one hears you anyway. But if you are talking to God, he'll hear. God, if you exist, show yourself to me. You know, I I actually think it takes a lot of faith for an atheist to believe that nothing with no catalyst exploded into everything. I mean, that's that's a giant leap of nothing, Hunty's, isn't it? Hunty's little favourite. Uh, oh, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, but if you really think God doesn't exist, go and ask him. Yes. So do you exist? If you do, show yourself to me. He, he will. See, I know God is real. I know he exists. And so I can throw that out there, and I know that if you go there and you say it, something's going to happen. God, if you exist, show yourself to me. Of course he's going to come and show himself to you. All right, let's continue with the Sheik and Jesus, Hunty. We were looking at the fact that there are imams, Muslim teachers clerics, and preachers and yeah. clerics yeah. all over the internet saying two things. Firstly, that Jesus was just a prophet and not God. Secondly, that Jesus should not be worshipped because he is not God, he's just a prophet. Um, so far we've looked at the fact, Hunty, that the Bible says we should only worship God and then we looked at how John saw an angel and he fell down on his knees to worship that angel. And bottom line was the angel made him get up and said, don't worship me, I'm just a fellow worker for God. And then we looked how Thomas fell on his knees to Jesus and called him my Lord and my God. So it's, we're starting to build a case here, mate, Yep. that in the Bible, in the Bible, I get that's not in the Quran, 
But in the Bible, Jesus is God, and in the Bible, Jesus is to be worshipped. More than that, in the Bible, Jesus says he's God, and in the Bible, Jesus is to be worshipped. Let me let me back this up more. Have a look at Exodus chapter 3, Hunty, verse yep. 14 yep. and 15. Have you got that, mate? Yeah, thank hey, you. Hey, by the way, have, thank you, you, for so- sending it to have me. you sorted your Bible problems out over there, mate? <laughs> thank you for sending it to me on, a, on, a, on, a one, on one screen. I like that. <laughs> okay, excellent. All right, excellent. Yep. Oh, it was what was happening. The reason before I was asking how he's going with his reading is because simply there was some problems. Yeah, I was, with getting, the- I was only getting two lines at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking as you're reading, man, that's disjointed. He's a better reader than that. Okay, Exodus 3, 14 and 15. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Okay, just stop there. Yep. Do you know this story? Um, this is probably 3,000 years old, this story. Yes. I go back to it so much. Um, the Israelites, the Hebrews, the Jews, had been slaves to the Egyptians. Do you know how long they were slaves for, mate? Yeah, ridiculous. It was 500 years, was it? Almost, 430 years. Wow. And God comes to Moses. Now, you know who Moses was? He's the lost prince of Egypt. Yep. If you've seen that movie, Prince of Egypt, look, it's not real accurate. But there are some things that kind of loosely tell the truth. Moses was a Hebrew boy. Um, the Pharaoh had put out a law that all the Hebrew boys were to be murdered. His mother had put him in a little, uh, what would you call it, a little boat, really, yeah, wasn't little, it? A little tiny basket that yeah. was waterproof, yes. watertight. And the princess had come down to the river to bathe, which I reckon was a pretty risky thing, auntie. Yep. There's big crocodiles in that river. Really? Maybe this was a, a, a safer area. And she found the little boat with the baby in it. I guess, I don't know whether she guessed this was the baby of a Hebrew, whether she actually thought the river god had brought her a... A son, I don't know. But she took Moses as her own and brought him up as a prince in Egypt. Long story, he gets banished. He finds out he's a Hebrew. He actually kills a Egyptian slaver. Uh, Pharaoh finds out and he's banished for, do you know how many years he was banished from Egypt? Uh, 40. 40, yeah. He's 40 when he left, so the guy's 80 years of age. So he goes out into the desert at 40 years of age, falls in love with a beautiful, dusky, thin skin Midianite girl, just like my Liska. My Liska's from Jakarta, Indonesia, nice brown skin. Falls in love with a girl out there, gets married. And when he's 80 years of age, you'd think you'd be getting ready to retire. God comes back to him, this ex-prince of Egypt, and says, go back to Egypt and save my people hmm. who are slaves. Yep. Moses then says, well, if I'm going to go back, who will I say sent me? So this is an interesting little byplay here. Mm. This is Moses and God talking to each other. And Moses said, well, if you're going to send me back, who will I say sent me? And this is what God says. Okay, there's context, yep, yep, Exodus yep. 3, 14, 15. Yeah, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. So what's God's name here, Hunty, in this scripture? Kind of a strange name, but Moses says, Who who am I going to say has sent me to free you people? Um, so mm. if the Israelites ask him or the, or, or the Pharaoh ask him, what's the name of this God who's he sending says, him? He uh, says, I am, and he says, Yahweh. It's I am. In this particular passage, it's I am. That's God's name. And not only is it God's name, this passage says, this is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. I am. 
It's a very sacred name. It's a, it's a name only God can use. I am. It kind of means I'm above everything. I'm below everything. I'm beside everything. I'm around everything. I am above everything. I am. I am who I am. God. So that's, that's the name for God that no one else can use. Yep. You got that? Got it. So in Mark chapter 14, verse 62, look what Jesus says here. Yep. Jesus said, I am. So and you can will, you read that again? Yep. Mark 14, 62. Yeah. Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. What did Jesus call himself? I am. Who calls himself I am in the Old Testament? God. Now, just so there's no confusion here, Hunty. Yep. The Pharisees, how did they relate to Jesus? They rejected him. Do you know who they were? Yeah, the, the chief pastors, the chief priests, the chief... They're the religious, rulers. spiritual leaders of Israel mm. in Jesus' day. Mm. They hated him. In this chapter, John chapter 8, go and read it for yourself, listeners, if you want to. Jesus is being disrespected by the Pharisees. You with me? Yep. Look what happens. Jesus has had enough. And finally, he stands up to them. Yep. John, John chapter 8, verse 58. What does he say? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. Well, 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 stop. What? Before Abraham was even born, I am. What's Jesus claiming there? He's also claiming to be God, I am. He's claiming the same divine name yep. as the God of the Old Testament. In fact, I'd go further. I'd argue that the God that Moses was talking to was Jesus. Yep. Jesus says, I am. Am. Now, the Pharisees are well aware of this term, of this name of God in the Old Testament. So when Jesus said to them, I am, he might as well have said, I am God. Yep. He claimed to be alive here before who? Uh, before Abraham was even born. Abraham is the hero of heroes to the Jews. Yep, the father. The father of everything, the father of Israel. And God says, before he was... I was. He says, more than that, I am. What did he say? I am God. Now, just so you know, the Pharisees got exactly these guys who hated Jesus, got exactly what Jesus was saying. What's verse 59 say? Okay, 59. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Why do you think they picked up stones to throw at him? They saw him as a threat to their power. More than that. Why did they pick up stones to throw at him? What did he claim? Oh, he said, I am, which is, I am God. Why, why would that bother them? Oh, because they thought they were God. No. no. They, thought they, were, they thought they were in charge of the church. No, no, and they no, were the no, leaders. no. No. Usually help, help, help. <laughs> they picked up stones to throw at him because he claimed to be God. And for them, that was blasphemy. And that was something oh, worth, that was something that, that, that in those days you'd die for. Of course. He claimed to be God. They got it. They picked up stones to throw at him. So when, when our Muslim, um, clerics, our friends, come to us and say that the Bible says Jesus is not God or Jesus is not to be worshipped, they're wrong. Because we've seen very clearly today that not only does Jesus claim to be God, but Jesus wants, calls for, worship. And if you don't believe me, look at these texts, hunting Matthew 27 verse 9. Yep. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. That'll do. That'll do. Mm. What did they do? They grasped his feet and worshipped him. They worshipped 
Jesus. Yep. Don't look. It doesn't matter who you are. Don't come and tell me that the Bible doesn't say Jesus is to be worshipped because He does. It does. It does. What about this one? John chapter nine verse thirty-eight. Yes, Lord, I believe the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. You know, you can go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Hunty, yep. and you will see that they call for and they describe Jesus being worshipped, worshipped, time after time after time after time. And in the New Testament, you'll see Jesus being given the attributes of God himself. Jesus was Jehovah, he is Yahweh, Jehovah Jireh, he is the I Am, he is the great God of heaven. He is not the prophet Muhammad. He is not just another prophet. He is God himself who got down off his throne, came down to this earth to save mankind. It was God. God did not send someone else to do his dirty work. Jesus was God and Jesus came. Now, if Jesus is God, what is the difference then in the view of Christianity and Islam when it comes to God? Well, Islam is saying that the Bible says Jesus is not no, God, no, no, he's no, only no, a holy Before man. we go there, oh. Islam says there's only one God. Right. Christianity says how many gods are there? Three and one. One God. So we're together on that. Yep. But Christianity says our God is expressed in three persons. Yep. Father, Son, Son Jesus, Holy Spirit. and Holy Spirit. Three individual persons who make up one, one God. God. Yep. And Islam will look at us and say, well, you're not... You're polytheistic. Yeah. That means you worship more than one God. <laughs> yep. um, no, we worship one, one God, God expressed in three persons. People yep. say, how can that be? The closest I can get to it, Hunty, and I'm going to look at this more in the next few weeks, yep. is marriage. True. Where I, I'm a pastor and I do marry couples, and they'll come into the church as two individuals, yep. and you marry them and they go out as? As one. As one. Mm. And you see it in the Bible all the time. I mean, Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, I think God, when he's talking about creating our earth, he says, let us make man in our, mm, using the image. plural, mm. our own image, Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at that more next week. But you'll see, so, so in some sense, the God of the Christians is different than the Allah of the Muslims. Mm. There are three persons that make up our one God. Whereas there's only one who makes up theirs. And they do deny that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm. That Jesus is the saviour of the world. That Jesus is God. Um, there's a lot that we have in common with our Muslim brothers and sisters. Yeah. Uh, make no mistake, Jesus is not one of them. The Bible is the book of Jesus, hunty. Yeah. That's the book that will tell you what, what and who Jesus is. And the Bible is very, very clear. Hunty, Jesus yes. is God and Jesus, Jesus is to be worshipped. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. As I said, I respect our brothers and sisters in Islam, Hunty. Of course. Love them. They're beautiful people. You know, there's a lot about Islam I like. I like their faithfulness and loyalty. I like the way they get down and pray five times a day. Yeah, that's Love good. it that's when devoted. I go. Yeah, go to Indonesia. You know what happens when I go to Indonesia? I hear the cry of the Imam yep. going out across Jakarta. You across know what? I, you know yep. what I do? Yeah, well, I say, all right, if they're going to pray, I'm going to pray. Nice. So they're praying to Allah, and I'm praying to Jesus. I'm talking to my Lord and God. So I like that they pray uh, like that five times a day and more, but we have some differences. We do. And the Bible's very clear, and I just want our listeners to understand that today. This beautiful song, I Bless Your Name, by the Brooklyn 
Tabernacle Choir. I played this once before. I like it so much, Hunty.
Well, that was a bit of a, a bit of a cut off, wasn't it? What happened? Yeah, I don't know. It just stopped. <laughs> what the song? The song, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it had another twenty seconds to go, didn't it? No, it counted down to zero. The the clock was zero when it stopped. Ah, well, 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 well. Get well. back to your listeners on that and tell yes, them what happened. Sorry about that. Time for Ask the Aussie Pass. It is. Did we get some questions in? We've got a couple. We've actually got a few in, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, but let me Let me just put a plug in anyway, just yeah. in case you want to send us your feedback or ask a question. We you don't can mind t- feedback. Yeah, we'd so, love to hear from you. <laughs> some of the feedback we can't read. No, we've got a, we've had a couple of interesting pieces of feedback <laughs> but, this But afternoon. I'll guarantee you this, that if we get feedback, we'll either, one, talk to it on the radio, yep. or if it's someone going off, I'll there's always... A, there's a couple for you here to reply in private with... Yeah, um, I, will, like, I, will, I, will always, yeah. I will always talk to you offline. Yes. I do that on, on social media too. Of course. Because whenever you're sharing Jesus, you get hostility. Yes. That's just the way it is. I actually don't mind people being hostile, but I'm always going to talk to them. Of course. Uh, and not, not argue and have a go, just talk to them. Yes. Um, so if you'd like to get in touch with the, the Aussie pastor, with, with Lloyd, you can text us on 0488-880-851, or you can email us, and the email address is theaussiepastor at gmail.com. Right, first question. You ready? Yeah. Did Queen Esther sleep with the king before she married him. Okay, that question's from the book of Esther, which is a story of a Jewish girl who rises up to become a very famous queen. Um, Did she sleep with the king? Well, what happened was the king got upset with his wife and basically divorced her and threw her out. We don't know what happened to her. He might have executed her i i'm not sure um this is the this is the king um in those days we're not exactly sure what king it was um it was one of the it was one of the medo-persian kings um and the jews were in captivity in babylon and this girl was very beautiful, called Esther. And the king had gotten rid, rid of his wife and the, the commander had gone out to bring some of the most beautiful women to the palace and he would spend the night with them. And Esther was one of these beautiful girls, a Jewess, who was chosen. And she actually was chosen by the king to become the new queen. And she spent the night with him. Well, I, I don't think they were... Um, I don't think they were playing chess. <laughs> Okay, well, um, and, and, and the one kind of, I'd be very interested if, if there are other students of the Bible out there who would have a different view and a different opinion on this. But probably uh, what happened that night was the queen, uh, was the king, trying out before he bought, which right. in those days pagan heathen kings would do. And then begs the question, well, if Queen Esther was a follower of God... How could she do that? Well, if you look back on my life, a disciple and follower of God, you could probably ask the same question. How could you do a lot of things that you've done too, Lloyd? The Bible has this way of telling the truth in an unadulterated way without trying to hide it. Do you know what I mean, Hunty? All I know was that God was able to use this queen to save the Jews who were captive in Medo-Persia at the time. So... Did she sleep with him or not? The Bible's not entirely clear, but it seems to indicate to me that she did. Does that make you feel uncomfortable, Hunty? 
Well, what what is the Bible's stance on premarital sex? What do you say as a well, pastor Bi- if someone the, comes to you and asks you about that? Well, the Bible's very clear that um, physical relationships, uh, and it starts in the book of Genesis, are to be between a man and a woman exclusively, only in the covenant of marriage. There is no other options in the Bible. Now, I know in our society and our culture something else that will stir people up today. I know that there's a lot of other things going down, a lot of people doing all sorts of things, um, all sorts of sexual predilections out there, all sorts of different partnerships. and That's fine. Well, it's not fine, but it's what's happening. Um, it's not... It's not the option the Bible gets. The Bible really gives. The Bible's very clear. Between a man and a woman alone within the covenant boundaries of marriage, hunty. And if you drift outside of that, well, you're outside of God's ideal for you. And the reality is if you're outside that covenant relationship of marriage between a man and a woman and participating in these sorts of relationships, it's going to hurt you because the Bible says you're not designed for it. You're not designed to live a physical sexual relationship with another human being outside of those boundaries that God set. And God set them, and if you want to argue them, fine, you've got to argue with God. He gives you free choice. You can do what you want. But God's ideal, God's law, God's way is a man and a woman in the covenant of marriage. So it does seem Esther did step outside of that, but I'm, I'm open and I'm willing to listen to other views that people might have. Did she do the right thing? Well, she's a human being, possibly not here. Did she have God, a choice? I don't know. Did God bless her anyway? Yeah, he did. Hmm. And, and God will bless you as you stumble through life and make mistakes and, and, and he'll call you to the truth. Yep. He'll call you to the truth. Uh, it's a, that a, whoever wrote that question. That's a really good, really good question. Really yeah. good question, yeah. and one of those curly ones, which as a pastor and a teacher and a student of the Bible, not easy to answer, Hunty. Mm. Mm. All right, let's move on. By the way, before you move on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. handbrake. <laughs> the handbrakes at work. If you've never read the Book of Esther, go and read it. The story is an absolute rip roar. It is. It is. In fact, in our church at the moment, the associate pastor has been preaching a. Uh, series. Um, a series on yep. it yep. about once a month, and it's been in fact very, very interesting. If you'd like to catch up with that series, you can just go to the YouTube channel, the Aussie Pastor YouTube channel, and you can catch the Esther series. It is very interesting. It is. Mm. Thanks, Auntie. All right, moving on. Mm. Oh, this is a statement. Well, there's a question here somewhere. Uh, well, yep. yep <laughs> I, I don't believe in God, and you can't prove Him, can you? Ah, well, that's like my mate out at the. Out at the um, yes, yes, farm, yes, yes, pretty yes. much said exactly the same thing. Um, yeah, well, look, the best way to prove God is to experience Him. Uh, I mean, do you have another answer to that, Hunty? I, when I go into the Bible, okay, let, let let me go back a little bit. How do I know God exists? Here's my, well, not my testimony completely, but this is how I know God exists. One, I go to the Bible morning and night. I go to the Bible with my wife, with my son, and myself, and. Together we worship in the Bible. We worship God every day in the Bible as a family. I also go to the Bible by myself uh, and worship God in the Bible. Uh, um, When I go to the Bible, I see prophecies, amazing prophecies, where like the book of, uh, I'm just thinking, Psalms written 2,000 years before Jesus. Psalm chapter 34 and I'm just trying to think think of the other one. Anyway, Psalms that talk about exactly how Jesus was to die, 
having his hands pierced, put up on a cross, having his robe gambled on. Isaiah does the same thing in the forbidden chapter in Isaiah 53. So I see all these amazing prophecies in the Bible that all came true in Jesus, hunty. Mm. That's absolutely incredible. So that reaffirms to me that God exists yep. when I study the prophecies. Yep. Also, in my, in my own experience, when I am um, reading the Bible and God talks to me and we have a conversation with each other, and the things he tells me, you know, I, I think I've told already on this radio station the story of my wife and I. Well, this is one of the most incredible things. And we were going to get married and I'm in my Bible study and the Lord's talking to me. He says, your wife has got something to tell you. Mm. Remember that story? I remember we discussed it all those years ago. And I thought there was something wrong with me. Yep. I thought eventually, yep. you remember I went I out to the farm? you were worried. You were worried. Went out the farm and I'm in my Bible and I'm praying and I'm studying. And in my Bible study, God kept leaping back at me. She's got something to tell you. Well, I eventually mm. rang her up and said, you think you're going to be a – I'm a real weirdo. You know I'm out here thinking about us and our future and whether we should get married or not. And she was doing the same thing. I said, but God told me that you've got something to tell me. Now, I'm not a prophet and this is really weird and I haven't had this happen before. But have you? And she started to cry and she did. Mm. Mm. You remember that? I do. You came to me. You were quite concerned. Yeah. Um, and you didn't know which way to jump, and ultimately God led. He did. Very, very. Oh, man, I'm glad he led me to Liska. But mm. um, it, it's experiences like that. I've, I've got a personal testimony that's, that's, that's a lifelong. I've been with, with walking with the Lord since my teens. And I, I'm just thinking of one particular night I was working in Papua New Guinea. It was midnight. We'd just finished at the stadium, put all the rock and roll PA away. and There it, wasn't rock and roll it was, PA. It, it, was, was, <laughs> it was PA that was completely dedicated to the cause of Christ. That's right. Anyway, uh, it, was, it was gone midnight. We'd just packed all the equipment away, and I had a, like a Hilux ute, dual cab. There was six of us in it and four or five in the back. There's ten of us, and we were driving along, and all of a sudden, I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit said to me, Honey, don't go this way tonight. So I did a U-turn. I went back around the other way through town off to our hotel. And to my horror, the next day in the news, I read that there was a rascal roadblock on the road that I was going to travel down and they were stopping cars and they were just macheteing people. Ooh. And I thought, well, I really felt that God the night before had said to me, honey, don't go that way. But my whole <laughs> life has been just an outstanding testimony, experiences like that. And so I can never deny that Jesus is real in my life. And when you have experience after experience after experience like I have, that. I have. Yeah, you have because mm. I've heard some of them. Mm. You're walking with God. You know God's there and you know God exists. So it's, it is the Bible. It is the prophecies. It is the stuff you come across in the Bible. But even above that for me, and I might get into trouble for saying this, it's the experience with God that you have day by day yes. that leaves you with no doubt. I mean, you're in worship in church, hunty. Yes. And I've seen you do this too. And all of a sudden, God comes upon you. Yep. And you start to tear up. Yep. I mean, we were doing something the other day here in the studio. Yeah, we're doing a live. I don't, was it live? Yeah, a live program. And God comes upon Hunty and he he's did. got tears. Yeah. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's talking to him. God is talking to him here in the studio. So you're starting to have all these experiences as a Christian. Um, the proof of God is in yourself, in your own experience. It's not. It. it yeah, you look, you've just got to experience God. Yep. Get into the Bible. That's where you go to find out about Jesus and start experiencing God. It'll yep. come to you. And then do Absolutely. what I – and if you, if you can't even do that much, do what I challenge my neighbor to do. Ask him. Say, God, I don't believe you exist. Prove it. Yep. Come to me. 
he'll come. Come and join us at church. We're only at Quakers Hill. If you're in northwest Sydney, come Saturday mornings. Four Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. Well done, 10 o'clock. No, seriously. Come, spend some time with some real Christians. You'll you... experience God. Yeah. You yeah, will. You will. You will. Yep. I okay, go, mate. All right, moving on. Oh, wow. Do you believe in the antiquated and scientifically disproven theory of six literal days of creation? Yeah, I do. I no worries. I found a, I found a ripper the other day. They found a fossil that was laying through ten stratas of rock, yeah. which means this animal had to have lived over a million years. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I have no problem with six literal days of creation. To me, it's a lot easier to believe that than it is to believe that inorganic became organic. In yep. other words, a rock became life or yep. something that didn't live. Yep. All of a sudden, lives. We're too. I mean, we're going to the caravan. Hunty and I are having a half a day off tomorrow. Are we? we? Don't, yes. Are we not working tomorrow night? Yeah, I said half a day. <laughs> I said we're having half a day off. Uh, so we're eight, going, so eight hours will start tomorrow we're, lunchtime. We're, we're going to the caravan and camping show. We are, and we go out there and we see some pretty. We dream. Can't afford anything there, but we dream Dreams and we vision. Um, we go through caravans, we go through motorhomes that are all um, wonderfully designed and made, Hunty. Yep. There's there's engineering and there's brains and there's intelligence behind the design of every single one of them, and yet we say that a human being that is a million times more complex, complex with consciousness, you know, with AI, Hunty, they can never get conscience, really? consciousness. It'll never happen. Can't. That's a human thing that God puts inside of us. Right. It's a created thing. A machine can never have con- can never have consciousness. It's no. impossible. True, it can fake it, but it can't. So, have so it. you've got us. We are the ultimate example, flawed as we are. The fact that we die because of sin, but we're still the ultimate example of a creative, of a creator, of a creator of someone who made us. You cannot be a human being and be not marvelously created. It's not possible, Hunty. True. You just look at the eye. Of course. Look at the tongue. Look at your nose and smell. Yep. I mean, look at look at the way we we reproduce. Where a baby is born and the first milk it drinks from its mother's breast is colostrum. colostrum. You yep. know, I never knew that until I had. I'm brought up in a family of four boys. I, didn't uh-huh. know, I never had a clue. And right. when when I found that out, my little girl Hannah and she begins to to drink from her mother's breast, and the nurse looks at me and she says, "You know what's happening there?" And I said, "Well, yeah, she's drinking. Oh, no, she's not just drinking milk; she's drinking colostrum. Why colostrum? Because it's full of all the vitamins and minerals and defences that a newborn baby needs." It yep. enters the world. Come on, yep. Of course I believe in creation. How can you not? It stuns me. It staggers me that you can't believe in a creator God. But I recognize, and again, just as I have respect for my Muslim friends, I have respect for my atheist friends, and you and I got plenty of them, hunty. Indeed. Plenty of them. But for me, personally, of course I believe in a God who created the world in six days. Why not? I know him. I know him personally. He talks to me every day. Of course I believe in him, and I believe what he says in the Bible. Yep. All right, uh, we've got time for one more, yes. We've got time for plenty more, mate. <laughs> How do you explain the death of the paramedic uh, in the McDonald's car park the other day? That's bad. That is bad. That's a young I man, heard... 29, with a baby, yeah. with, with, a, with a child, um, a pregnant and wife. another one yep. coming a month or two away. Yep. Um, kind of wish that 
that question what that's bad that's i i yeah i heard the paramedics talking this morning uh on the radio as i was driving into the studio it's it's rocked the entire paramedic community they're all just in absolute disbelief that people would attack someone whose sole purpose on life on this earth is to save life well i think the guy who attacked him must have been sick okay um I think he had been having some psychiatric help in the past. I think we'll be careful in this area, but um, it's bad. Uh, We live in an evil world where sometimes evil abounds. I mean, the last couple of days there's been two mass shootings in the United States of America where more kids have been killed, hunty. Yeah, birthday party. Yeah, teenagers this time. Um, There's random acts of evil occurring all over the world every day. Um, the family of this paramedic, my heart, my sympathies, my empathies goes out to you. This is a very difficult time. It is hard to fathom why it happened when you're doing good and you get that sort of evil perpetrated against you and your family. Um, Sometimes there are not good answers except to say that we are in a fallen world. It's a broken world, hunty, Mm. and there's lots of awful things happening every day. Mm. and uh, most of our listeners have had awful things happen to them. I know I have. Terrible, tragic things, often that involve death, death of someone we love, um, death that we can't understand. It doesn't make sense. All I can say is that one day, hunty, soon, one day, yep. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to stop. He's going to stop the murders. He's going to stop the crimes. He's going to stop the senseless killings and he's going to bring an end to all this and he's going to take us into an eternity where all death is banished all pain is gone a future that we were designed for that unfortunately because of sin and darkness we're not living right now what what else can i say hunting mm. so so sad mm. kind of a very sad way to finish the program hunty mm. um and i'm so sad um, maybe that leads into our last song I was thinking it does Yeah, I can't even walk without you holding my hand I think that's how it is for me I don't know about you, hunty I don't know about you But that's how it is for me in this world It's so hard It's so painful You get all these dis- indiscriminate, awful things happen to you Man, we need Jesus mm. We need him as a crutch We need him to hold our hand We need Jesus to take us through me 
as a mighty big man, but Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Oh Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountain, it's too high. And the valley's too wide And down on my knees That's where I learned how to stand Oh Lord, I can't even walk Without you holding my hand Think I'll make Jesus name I'm gonna call you see if I didn't trust him I'd be less of a man oh Lord I can't even walk without you holding my hand oh Lord I can't even walk without you holding It's too high, and the valley's too wide. Down on my knees, that's where I learned how to stand. Oh Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. And down on my knees, that's where. song you know you know what happened again. then what happened you pulled it pulled your plug out yeah twice oh dear went to put my earphones on <laughs> pulled it out twice what were you going to say mate well i was just thinking you know the paramedic and their family and all the people that's impacted i just thought jesus come we need you hey you want me to give you a little example of how i know jesus exists yes please and he helps us in this program yes please that question there that last song was not lined up to be with that question. There you go. But it was spot on. Yep. And God put that, helped us put that song together there for someone out there who is having a hard time, who yep. maybe has just lost someone. And if you are having a hard time and if you've lost someone in death, let's talk specifically about that. Whether you'll know God or not, go to him. He will give you a comfort you can get nowhere else. Mm-hmm. And he'll give you an assurance, hunty, um, that there is a future. Even though you're going through deep darkness. Um, this week I want to give you, I'm preaching at my church this weekend, Hunty, one more time. I want to invite you, come along. Yeah, come. Um, 
If you want to just come for the preaching part, turn up at 11 o'clock. Yep. There's plenty of room. Where do you go, Hunty? Just behind the Aldi, Quakers Hill, 4 Samuel Place, in the Life Anglican Church Centre. 10 o'clock for the whole program. 11 o'clock just to hear Pastor Lloyd. You will be blessed. Will you be there? Absolutely, we'll be there. So you can meet us both. Come along, and if you do, make sure you come and introduce yourself to us. Please My do. name is Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor. Waiting for the other guy. Oh, you're going to say, and I love you? Oh, okay, I love you. Right, well, my name's Hunty, and I love you too, but Jesus loves you so much more. See you next week. God See bless you, next you. Time. all the best. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 